Hello, you're listening to the Jack Halford Podcast. This is episode 19 and I am here with me, just me. I'd like to talk to you about the Wu-Tang Clan and and specifically the song Cream. C-R-E-A-M. Cash rules everything around me. What does this song mean? I've been... Because I listened to it and I noticed some of the lyrics. I'm going to read them out for you now. The lyrics are... The ones the ones that I'm interested in. Sort of like... They remind me of stoicism. Here we go. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess... I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed, but I'm still depressed and I ask what it's worth, ready to give up and so I seek the old earth. Who explained working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. We got stick up kids, corrupt cops and crack rocks and stray shots all on the block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I'll be living proof to kick the truth to the young black youth. But shorty's running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer and ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear. Neglected for now, but yo, it goes, it's got to be accepted that what? That life is hectic. Everything's hectic if you're smoking cess. What is cess? Let's look that up. Pretty sure it's like crack. What is cess? in rap so white weed or marijuana jesus christ <laughs> what is crack well there you go you wouldn't think that the wu-tang is going to be like whoa wait a second why don't we why don't we not smoke weed why don't we stop drinking beer why don't we stop and think about this capitalist system that we find ourselves in the court played me short, now I face incarceration. Pacing, going up states, my destination. Handcuffed in the back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life is hell. Living in a world no different from a cell. Every day I escape from Jake's giving chase. Selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. And here's another one. It's been 22 long, hard years, I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I peep at the shape of the streets and stay awake to the ways of the world because shit is deep. A man with a dream with no plans to make cream, which failed. I went to jail at the age of 15. A young buck selling drugs and such who never had much, trying to get clutch. A clutch at what I could not. You know, it's hard. If you're brought up, you don't have a law. It's hard. You sort of get trapped in poverty, which is why I'm totally against the Conservative Party. Because what they are doing is they're cutting public public funding. So he's got youth clubs. No more. No more youth clubs. I used to go to a youth club when I lived on a council estate in Leicester. There was a youth club. Got me into art. I tried monoprinting for the first time. There you go. Now I'm passionate about art. It saved my life. That's something you get into. Even when I was like skiving school, I was writing poetry. It was it was mad. And this is what they're doing. This is poetry. They're looking at what's around them and they're reacting to it in, in, in a positive, creative way. They're expressing themselves and they're doing it in a way that's relatable to the people 
of the projects because they're looking up to these men who, who you know, used to do bad stuff, but now they've changed their ways, they've pursued a creative career and they're looking at what's happening and they're analysing it and they're being critical of it and they're sharing this information with other people like them that have been brought up in poverty so that they can learn and think, well, actually, let's change our ways, let's stop all of these bad habits, it's making us feel rubbish, and let's work hard, because working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. Yeah? That's one of the lyrics. So what does that mean? Let me break it down again. Who explained working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. Now, when I've been heartbroken, I started going to the gym, I started eating properly, I started sorting things out, getting into a good routine, helped immensely. And now I'm very careful who I spend time with. The fact that the other week, I went out for a meal with someone who I dated before and we decided to be friends. We were just friends, you know, I thought we were just friends, blah, blah, we are just friends. But anyway, I went and it was disappointing and, and we had a conversation. I made some jokes. They didn't like them. They were, they, they were offended. I was just like, well, this is a load of rubbish because all I'm doing is joking around and I'm having a good time. I spent like an hour to drive here, an hour back, wasting my money. But I've learned something from that. It's don't spend your time with people who aren't going anywhere, who don't have a sense of humour, who drain energy from you and they don't, help you in any way you know you know you want to you want to help people when you want to get something um well you don't help people because you want to get something back but help people that that have ambition you know and well, what i'm trying to do with my art is to inspire people to to go and work hard and to go and do things that are difficult but that pay dividends back from that difficulty whereas instant gratification what that gives you is a small high and then afterwards, you're sort of on the come down. And that's with anything. That's with casual sex. You'll be on the come down. You'll be like, hmm, well, I feel pretty shameful. And you shouldn't feel shameful, but you might feel shameful. You might feel a sense of, oh, I want more. I want more of this. And the more you have, the more you realise that you're just chasing the dragon. You're chasing the dragon of getting, getting your nut. Uh, it's a load of rubbish. Stay away from it. Stay away from drugs. They're bad for you, including alcohol, cigarettes. It's all bad for you. Don't do it. And even caffeine. Like, be careful how much you have of that. People, people make fun of people that get anxiety from cigarettes. But the thing is, it causes anxiety. You don't have it. You crave it. That's a bit of anxiety. You have it, and then you might get a rush of nicotine, and then you get anxiety. Be careful what you put into your body. All right. Because it's including the type of media that you consume. So a lot of people, they say that rap music causes crime. Well, I'm going to say here that I don't know how this would cause crime. Because it's all of almost about finding God. Yeah? Literally, the, the first lyric is, what that N-word want? God? Word up. Look out for the cops, though. Cash rules. Word up. Two or fives over here, baby. It sounds like... Have you ever seen that video of those like old church people uh, rapping? I feel like that's what I sound like right now. But these, these lyrics are great, man. 
you know, his lyrics are great. I was listening to Nirvana as well, um, which is why I got this idea to talk about lyrics on this podcast episode. So let's search Nirvana. So let's break down the lyrics in Bloom, In Bloom by Nirvana. But when they're saying, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs and he likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun, but he don't know what it means. Don't know what it means. So it's almost like someone having a look at a pretty picture, but not really understanding that actually it's a Francis Bacon picture and what it's about is sort of trauma or, you know, someone looking at the scream and just thinking, oh, must have saw a cat or something, not realising. Sort of like a, you know, Oh, the real, like maybe a realization that this is life, and everyone you know and love is going to die. And actually, maybe I should try something new out instead of following all of the things that have come before me. Maybe I will use all of these colors and start expressing myself. You know, I think after my dad died, I was like, right, everyone I know and love is going to die. I'm going to die. What the fuck are we doing? You know, try getting a job. I was like, what the fuck are we doing a job? A load of rubbish. A load of rubbish. Make art. I'm going to sell all of my stuff. I'm getting rid of a lot of my stuff because I was inspired by Emily, who's an artist in Leicester, who I met recently at an art opening. Very cool artist. Did a residency in Mexico some time ago. Um, just got some uh, special funding or something to go and use the facilities at Ludbury University. But anyway, she's into minimalism. and made me think, actually, no, this is amazing. Start selling some of the, the some of your stuff because I think stuff just sort of just holds you down, doesn't it? You know, the more stuff you've got, the more stuff that your future family's got to get rid of. You know, so so sort of, what's the what's the William William is it William Morris Morris quotes William Morris quotes Jesus it, it I put Nirvana in Bloom lyrics William Morris quote. I wonder if there's a, there's a... Have nothing in your house that you do not know to be beautiful or believe to be useful. I just think that's great. I've got a house plant. I've got a couple of plants in my bedroom. Because they clean the air. They make it nice, a nice environment. And I've, I've tried to take any clutter, any screens, anything like that out of my room. I've got a piece of notepaper on the wall that says, don't waste time on superficial bullshit and distracting media. You will die one day. Sleep, eat, work, chase your dreams, live in the now. I've tried to stop using social media uh, as much as I was. So if I do use it, it's in short bursts. I'm trying not to look at the, the, the constant barrage of information. I'm trying not to look at everything that everyone's doing all the time. I don't think it's natural to have this sort of constant communication. Everyone's talking about Israel, Palestine. Everyone's talking about a six-year-old that's been stabbed in the head. I don't need to think about that. I'm looking out my window now as a blue sky. I'm on my laptop. I'm looking at, you know, Wu-Tang lyrics. I'm looking at this website called Meta Dave because I'm writing a book. Well, sort of amalgamation of research, artworks, text, I'm, writing, I'm reading about perception. I'm reading about Plato's cave. I'm reading... Uh, I'm trying to find a book 
I don't think I'd probably be able to, I might be able to find this book. It's called Eight O'Clock in the Morning. And it is by, um, I think someone called Ray, Ray Faraday Nelson. And this is what inspired the film um, They Live, which is a film kind of like about um, this dude who discovers these sunglasses. And when he puts them on, he sees everyone as sort of lizard people. And, and there's like hidden messages behind all of advertising saying, Obey! Obey! Look at what's happening around you. Buy all of this shit that you don't need. Like in Fight Club, where they say, um, we buy stuff, Fight Club. They say, like, we buy stuff to impress people. We buy stuff. Oh, yeah, there it is. Wait a second. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Isn't that just just as good reason to get rid of all your shit? Buy things that you want because they're going to help you attack your dreams. Attack what you want to do. I want to attack what I want to do. If I want to go on a run, I go on a run. I'm going to run to look like a nutcase, you know? Fucking punch in the air as I'm running around. I'm not good at boxing. I don't give a shit. Am I going to get good at boxing? Maybe not, because what I'm focused on is, is just being fit. But the fact of the matter is, throwing punches and running with a full grey tracksuit on with my hood up makes me feel good. So I go out and do it. You know, it might look a bit weird, but I don't care. I am weird. You know, I get used to it. I think if, if you meet someone and you get to know them and they're not a little bit silly, then you should not trust them. You put those glasses on, you know, that they're in, they live. They'll probably be lizard people. Do not trust people that are not a little bit strange and don't talk to their dog in a funny way once you get to know them. Do not trust them. Do not become friends with people that aren't a bit weird. You know, you want weird friends. You want you want to be able to be comfortable and be who you are with people, you know. Be yourself. Because we're all going to die. So what's the point in being embarrassed about anything at all? Just fucking, you know. You know what I mean? I also like in that Wu-Tang song. That they say. A young youth, you're rocking the gold tooth. Low goose. Only way I'll begin the G off was drug loot. And let's start it like this son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out cats for fun. I just like the fact that they say gold tooth because I've got a gold tooth. They cost me 700 quid. <laughs> I was just like, my, my dentist called Karim, by the way. Karim hooks me up while I say that. He drives a Range Rover. I used my student loan to buy this. And looking back, I was thinking, that was quite a nice investment on this, on this tooth. Because they are, my old tooth, it was like I had a big gap in between my teeth. My old tooth wasn't a real tooth. It was a filling it wasn't even a cap, it was a filling. It was supposed to be temporary. I had it for years because I was scared of doing anything with dentists. And when I've got my new dentist, I was like, this dentist is fantastic. Let him do some root canals, injecting things, you know, very comfortable. And I was like, yeah, let me get this new tooth. Because my old one fell out. Got the gold one. I'm much more confident. So here's some advice. If you've got funny teeth, go and get them sorted out. Get a good dentist. Invest in yourself. Uh, if you're a young man and you're chasing women, like I was, stop. It's fucking stupid. Don't chase anyone. Don't chase anyone. You lose self-respect. 
don't spend money on on people trying to impress them go on a walk it's free get to know people have a deep conversation life is too short to have superficial sort of conversations with people that you find relatively good looking look at people look really look at people are they attractive or do you just have this idealized version of them in your head that you find attractive because that's sometimes what you get you know you build this and instagram does this you build a false perception of people in your head maybe because they got their ass up in the air shaking it cover their ass with your hand look at their face look how ugly it really is because what they're doing there is they're losing self-respect they're, they're shaking their ass they're not really doing something that they really want to do you know maybe it's on something that they want to do maybe what they want to do is you know get loads of dogs and walk them and be out in the countryside and the only way they know how to fund that is by shaking their arse on the internet. Fair enough. Don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. A really efficient totalitarian state would be one which all the powerful executive of political bosses and their army of managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. To make them love it is to task assigned. Is the task assigned in present day totalitarian states to ministries of propaganda, newspaper editors, and school teachers? Aldous Huxley. So, what's going on here? I'm on this website called Meta Dave, and I'm looking into perception. And I'm writing about perception. I'm writing about how we first how we see light how that sort of bounced off things it goes into our photoreceptors and then gears through nerves and things and then ends up in our brain but what does a brain do we don't really know what a brain does what is a mind what is consciousness and then i'm thinking about that i've got to pull myself back out of that it's a bit abstract and then i'm thinking right how do we actually perceive things what is going on and what affects that so i was thinking education i was thinking our parenting when we're growing up what, what we see people doing around us. If we live in a nice area, a beautiful village like I'm in now, people are doing lovely things. They're going out on walks. They're getting out in the sun. They're getting out in the cold. They're going on jogs. If you live in a sort of inter in a city area, you might go out of your door and you see someone with a spike in their arm, sort of jamming something brown into their veins. That's not very nice. And I'm sure they, they feel beautiful they're on a they're on a lovely soft pillow of of uh softness <laughs> they feel great but they look terrible you know they've got all of these marks on their arm when they're not on their drugs they feel terrible so what you want is to have a sustainable sort of practice life practice let's call it a life practice where you eat good you exercise regularly, you sleep good, and you take care of yourself, and you watch who you're hanging around with and what media you're consuming. And, and we're sort of told what media to consume when we're in education. So let's read this together. I call it schooling because it is not really education for educators, uh, for education's main goal. Let me start again. I call it schooling because it is not really education for education's main goal is and always was to educate. Today we have schooling which takes more than 10 years out of the life of people but in return cannot even provide basic reading and math skills 
let alone enlightenment and true understanding. Enlightenment, in man's emergence from his self-incured immaturity, immaturity is the inability to use one's own understanding without the guidance of another. So when schooling does not really educate, what does it do? Schooling does form does form the mind of people into the shape the controllers of society want it to be. I've been thinking about this too. The key to any kind of order is schooling. Our society today does not any longer match the human nature. Schooling makes people match our society. If you go into any society, the schools, you know, apart from the sort of radical schools you might find in Afghanistan, where there's sort of girls going there and they're sort of teaching them, no, you can read, look at this book, this is important, blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, schooling makes people match our society. For example, a tiger that was born free would probably slowly die in captivity because he could not take it. A tiger already born in captivity, on the other hand, would consider this state of being to be natural because he simply does not know any other. It's like Plato's cave. With humans, it pretty, it's pretty much the same. Schooling is conditioning the people to accept their own capacity because they simply do not know any other state of being. When the Industrial Revolution started, people rejected the work in factories as inhuman and degrading. Factories had to put up guards to keep people from escaping those inhuman work conditions. Work is factory is factories in factories was seen as something very similar to slavery. Sorry, there's a lot of spelling mistakes, but it's it's pretty good. How the adaption problem was solved? Simple by implanting mass schooling of the population. Schooling was not implanted to educate, but to condition the population to accept inhumane and degrading work and living conditions. Since then humans pay the same price tigers in captivity pay for living against their nature for living against one's nature usually leads to psychological problems and, def and defects in the long run not just by animals in captivity but humans as well another goal of schooling is to ensure that people do not reach certain states of mind and thus remain easily in control easily to control people that do not think for themselves are slaves for they would be lost without a master to tell them what to do true freedom is something only educated can reach for true freedom is far more depending on one state of mind than on external circumstances you know i, I very much like that i mean let's let's read that oldest huxley quote again a really efficient totalitarian state would be one in which the all-powerful executive of political bosses and their army of managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. They love their, you know, serving their masters for their reward of a bit of money to pay for their heating, to pay for their little bit of chocolate, to get their little iPad. Mm. And they're having sex together, aren't they? Mm, lovely. Ooh, lovely. Let's, let's make a little bit of money so that we can at least survive. But then we still have to rely on these pigs at the top. Every week, we have to go back to work to go and get a little bit of money to live in our little huts so that we can buy the food from the supermarkets full of shit. What a load of fucking bollocks. To make them love it is the task assigned. In present-day totalitarian states, no ministries of propaganda. Uh, to ministries of propaganda, newspaper editors and school teachers. 
newspaper editors and school teachers are the ministries of propaganda. You know, I remember I was being at school and I was saying, you know, I don't think I'd actually like to have my face on money. And, and, and the teacher was saying, why wouldn't you want your face on money? And no one was really questioning anything. And I was always the one that, I mean, that's probably why I got expelled. We had like a, I got expelled when I was like 13 from secondary school. It was a, you know, like just a normal, normal community college. Uh, you know, I don't know what year I was in, year 10 or 11, doing my GCSEs. They had this motivational speaker come in. I got up in this big assembly and said, this is bullshit. You don't know what you're talking about. This is bullshit. Because I was like, this is, this is complete and utter bullshit. You're telling us all these things. But the way the way he was saying it was sort of very strange. I, I, you know, I really, really remember that, thinking, this is a load of rubbish. And then I went out and started throwing chairs at all the teachers. I used to, I had this really, I didn't really believe in the teachers there. I always thought they were trying to sort of control everyone. The classes were huge. They sort of, they, were, they weren't really letting people express themselves. So I got sent to like an anger management thing and that didn't do anything. Because they're not teaching self-awareness and self-expression. Then when I got to this other school, this school specifically for people that were on the Asperger's uh, syndrome or spectrum, I don't know, whatever it is called, they've given me this for whatever reason. They, they think, oh, he's got this because he's unruly and he thinks for himself, so he must have autism. Let's give him this diagnosis. This diagnosis helped me because I got into this school, the art teacher there opened my mind, expanded it and said, here you are, look at this stuff. Look at what's happening over there. Look at these pictures. You know, think for yourself, Jack. Express yourself. Look at what's happening. I was in the countryside. All these beautiful trees. I, I live there. You know, it was fantastic. You know, all because my local authority funded me to be able to go there and, and, and see the world for what it is. Sort of open my eyes. You know, you learn about the systems that be and what's going on. And you gain more experience and you think, wow, this school's great. And all, all the kids there obviously had had a hard time at school. No one was bullying each other. We were all really nice to each other because we'd all experienced bullying. So we were all friends. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And there needs to be more of that. There needs to be smaller classes. And how are we going to get that? We're not going to get that with a conservative government, are we? because they're cutting public funding. They're cutting the funding for education in real terms. They're saying it's the biggest rise in educational spending, but they're not taking into account the inflation, which is like over 10% or something ridiculous. They're putting up energy bills again next April, probably. Um, I saw that on the news the other day. What's that? It's already doubled, isn't it? So how are schools going to be able to afford their heating? They've got to put more money for, well, they want heating or teachers, so less teachers, bigger classes, so they can pay for heating. What's going on? And they tell their kid, the kids who can't wear coats inside, they're going to be cold, they can't pay attention. Why do they have exams in the summer? I have hay fever in the summer, you know, stuck in this class full of 30 kids trying to do an exam when you've got hay fever, asking to go to the loo, won't let you go to the loo, you can't sort it out. The system isn't made for everyone to get on okay. The system is made for people that want to be mediocre and have their boring lives and just plock along, plot, plop along and do fuck all and, 
and sort of not be inspired by anything. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm saying that and I think it's the truth, you know. Everyone's got their own sort of thing going on, but, uh, you know, we're not allowed. Or we're not allowed to express ourselves because we might lose a job, you know. So it's a load of rubbish. Be yourself. Say what's on your mind. If everyone does it, they can't stop you. If everyone starts to sort of be autonomous and free, say what's on your mind, you know, refuse to do that for the minimal amount of money you get. Refuse to do it. Fuck it. You know, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit, man. I don't give a fucking shit. I'll always express myself and say what's on my mind. You know? Always. I don't care, left or right, whatever. Don't Don't believe in it. Believe in good people. Believe in morals. Believe in learning. Believe in constantly learning and overcoming things, you know. Don't believe in left to right. Don't, don't, don't let them divide you. We all need to come together to think uh, freely, express ourselves and lead, lead, lead ourselves into a new world where we all respect each other and respect each other's thoughts and, and not be afraid of confrontation, but debate people respectfully and, and respect other people's right to have a differing opinion. Call out racism. It's stupid. All an immigrant is, is someone that used to be somewhere else. They say blame them. I say blame the employers that employ them unethically for less pay so that they can live in their slum HMOs and these greedy landlords. Blame the greedy landlords and blame the pigs at the top. Do not blame poor people that have tried to get their lives on track. Call them whatever you want, but I think it's a load of ignorant bollocks. People that blame other people for their problems need to focus on themselves and take control of their own lives, all right? It's a fucking load of bollocks, mate. You're being lied to. Everyone's being lied to. The left, the right, you're all fucking idiots. Read books. Listen to music. Listen to the lyrics. Think for yourselves. Because if you don't, you're going to end up very depressed, you know? It winds me up. Nationalism? Why is he? Why is he writing about nationalism? This Meta Dave man. Na Meta Dave .wordpress .com. Nationalism is it bad or good? Around sixty years ago, they were telling us nationalism is good. Now the same people tell us it is bad. The only answer is that it is neither. Nationalism is neither bad nor good. Let me explain it. Nationalism is neither good nor bad in itself. Only the two extreme states. Lack of nationalism and too much nationalism are bad because both states aim at causing defects and are thus unhealthy for a society. Too much nationalism can make people blind for the truth and easily leads to violence and conflicts. A lack of nationalism, on the other hand, makes people indifferent to their country and thus slowly leads to degrading living conditions because people simply do not care any longer. Both states are unhealthy for society because both cause defects. The only healthy state in the case of nationalism is a healthy equilibrium. 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 What the fuck does that mean? Big words. I think it means equilibrium. The state between flag-waving morons and people that do not care at all. <laughs> the sort of the in-between. You know, patria est communis 
omnia purans, some kind of Latin. Our native land is the common parent of us all. Thou shalt honour your parents. Well, that's that's amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? I like that. The in-between. It's not left or right. It's not nationalism or no nationalism. It's looking around you and looking at the people around you and being grateful that they're there and thinking, right, let's help people. Let's smile at people. Let's not divide. Let's look at the green, luscious land. Let's go to cities and think there's a lot of academics here. This is a good place. This is a metropolis. This is a metropolitan area where there's lots of brilliant ideas happening and bubbling up. There's universities, there's independent stores. Let's stop going to these big super stores and let's go to the indie shops and support people that are paying their employees fairly. And that, that, my friends, is a healthy society where there's a lot of small businesses, where there's a lot of small things going on. And, um, but we are a community. We know each other by name. You know, I go to a coffee shop in Leicester called Saints of Mocha. There's some lovely lads in there. We, I've talked about stoicism to one of the lads who works in there, you know, and and ideas. And we, you know, we talk about books. And then the, the owner, the owner Omar, he roasts coffee. He's really geeky about it. I love that. He's brilliant. And um, it's just really nice, you know, to have that community in a city. Because sometimes it's so, some, sometimes it's so faceless being in a city. You don't really know anyone. It's very easy just to go in a city and walk along with your blinders on and not really smile at anyone and not look people in the eye. And you just, you ignore the homeless people. And why are the homeless people there? It's sort of, it's it's mental illness and drugs, but what causes that? It's the lack of public funding. It's the lack of care. The duty of care that we have as a society to look after each other. You know, we need to. We need to. It's a necessity to look after each other. Okay. We've got to look after ourselves in order to be able to look after each uh, other people though. You know, so that's why I don't, I've not been handing money out to people recently because I don't have a lot. And uh, I was, when I had a lot, I was giving out fucking 10, 20 pound notes to people. I was like, go and buy hot chocolate, mate. Or whatever you want, you know, here you go. I'm sorting them out. But uh, no, I don't have a lot. So I'm not, I've just said, you know, I'm skint, I'm sorry. I tell them to like, you know, hold their head up high and stuff like that. It probably sounds fucking stupid, but you know, and in my head earlier, I was thinking, you know, everyone should be grateful that they're, they're waking up. Even homeless people. They're waking up. They're fucking there. You know? They're struggling. They're struggling. Think about that when you're struggling next and you're stressed out. Think, what am I stressing out about this for? This is fantastic. I'm living the dream. Think about it. Break it down. It's hard, but it works. It's talking about elections here. Don't know what that's about. News stories from the mirror world. What's that? What are news? What are news? Most news today are what I call stories from the mirror world. Most so-called news today are absolutely irrelevant. Of what use are information about things that only appear to be? The answer is simple. They are of no use at all. We have no presidents anymore, no governments and no independence. Only in the mirror would it appears like those things are still a reality. For example, when the news tells you 
that the non-president of non-independent nations does something, what use is it for you? For he is not really a leader and his nation is not really independent. Those are mere appearances. He is just a puppet that does what he is told. The rest are just appearances without any hold on the real world. Left and right. What are the so-called left and right? Do these labels describe genuine points of view or just an artificial just artificial fraction set up in a kind of never-ending anonymity, oh, a never-ending something against each other? Or I came to the conclusions that it's probably the latter. You know, a fight against each other. Think of it like a triangle, left and right, opposing each other at the bottom of the triangle while being unaware of the people above that are really the cause of their problems. When hit by a stone, a dog will attack the stone instead of the one responsible for throwing the stone. It's not the dog's fault. He just can't comprehend the complete situation. It seems with most humans, it's the same thing. Both the left and right consider the other side responsible for all those things that are wrong in our society. Basically, both sides want the same. The only thing that really differs is their perception of the situation. In the end, all the most, all that most humans want is to live their life in peace and dignity. I mean, there ain't a true word been, been, been said ever. There ain't ever been a true word said. In the end, all that most humans want is to live their life, life in peace and dignity. That's all I want. That's all I want. You want peace. You want dignity. You want shelter. You want food. You want to be comfortable. You don't need all of these superficial things, all of these brands and logos. You don't need all of these things, all these materials things. You know, might be nice. I like, at the minute, really good food. I like very good food. I've been getting, like, shit from Waitrose. So I've been selling clothes, selling things that I have that I don't really need and thinking I can spend this money on unpasteurised butter. I mean, I've never really had that, but it's flipping nice. I'd recommend getting it. That's not an advert for unpasteurised butter, by the way. Oh, this stuff's great. This is this. The website's called metadave.wordpress. Now, literally, just I'm just looking up perception. I think I just typed in Plato's cave or was looking up eight o'clock in the morning by that Ray bloke because that that's what inspired they live but you go on these rabbit holes and it's brilliant and there needs to be more of that so looking into things you know looking into things really getting a magnifying glass and thinking about stuff it's fantastic it's a good good way of living life you know to put the magnifying glass up to things and thinking yeah i'm not gonna get wound up about this tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna walk out mate i'm gonna walk away and I'm going to think, for myself, I'm going to write stuff down, I'm going to break it down, I'm going to come back and I'm going to respond after taking some time to slowly understand the situation. Instead of having that knee-jerk reaction where you react with emotion, you react with emotion, you punch the wall. They call it fragile masculinity when you punch a wall, but I, I call it a sort of animalistic inability to understand your emotions and understand the situation. It's nothing to do with being fragile it's just the sort of lack of self-awareness something else is going wrong that punch of the wall is not a one moment thing it's a series of events that has led up to that when I was younger uh my mum was picking me up in a car went into a space next to her 
and, and you know what I did? I was like, bloody hell, they almost went into me. I said, you're a fucking idiot. And I opened the door and I smashed the door into this car of the other car. <laughs> like a fucking madman. Like a fucking, you know why I did that? It's because I was being bullied at school all day. I had all this pent-up anger inside me from all this fucking bullying. And all these people that called me retard and fucking winding me up. You know? Fucking horrible. It's because of that that I did that. And I didn't know how to control the way I felt. And I didn't know how to, con to to change things. You know, I didn't know how to change. You can't change things. You're trapped. You know. In other countries, bullying isn't as um, as common. I was talking to my friend Daniel, who was on the podcast the other week. And he was like, he was saying how shocked he was at how, how mean people were to their to their elders and to each other in schools. Because in South Africa, people were more respectful. Maybe it was because they had more discipline. Or maybe it's because the classrooms are smaller. I, I don't know, but it seems that other cultures have got it right. Not about everything, but there isn't there isn't one culture that that's right. But if we can take and learn from lots of different ones, and sort of create our own set of rules and morals in our head that we live by, and and try and live by those rules, so that we can live a good life, maybe other people will follow in suit. That's what I think. It's like Gandhi said, you've got to be the change you want to be. He was a shit. But you know why I know he's a shit? Because a non-schooled Russell Brand said in one of his comedy specials that he was a shit. And basically he refused the doctors to give his wife some medicine because it was against their religion and she died. But then when he had the same thing, he took the medicine. So that's a bit shitty. I don't know if that was Gandhi, by the way. It might have been someone else that he was talking about so don't don't take that for nothing i'm a man on the internet you're listening to i'm not a scientist i'm an art ex you know i'm a graduate with a fine art degree uh who who does a podcast but uh, it's nice to be thinking it's nice to be thinking uh write things down look for yourself reference things cross-reference things cite things look at journals do your research and diligence slowly delay the process as much as possible to find the true answers and is there any such thing as truth that's something I've, I've i've been finding interesting recently in science a lot of scientists will prove something and then another scientist will come along and think well i want to prove that wrong so i'm going to try and prove that wrong by doing lots of experiments and repeating it until, and until oh i guess it's not wrong so then you've got two different experiments proving that something is a real thing we don't really do that with um, other, other stuff. I mean, I like to learn by trial and error. So that's a sort of scientific approach to art, isn't it? Because we're sort of learning by doing. And I think that's the best way to learn. So live your life, do actions. When things go wrong, you know that they go wrong when you do them that wrong. You've learned something. You've not paid a degree, paid for a degree to learn that. You've just learned it. So that's fantastic. Write it down. Try again. Fail, but slightly better. Write it down. Try again. You'll you'll get it eventually. All you have to do to get good at something is continually just practice that thing, and then you get good at it. It's common knowledge that is, but it takes discipline. It takes that persistence. It's not about motivation. It's about discipline. Which Mike Tyson said: discipline is doing something you hate, like you love to do it. All right.
It's a good mindset to have. Don't give up. Feel things. Process things. Express yourself in a healthy way. Don't bottle it up. But for God's sakes, don't give up. Because all you've got, all you've got is this one life, right? So don't fucking give up. There's a conclusion on this metadave.wordpress site. It says things are really bad and the inability of most people to tell those things that are apart from those that only appear to be, you know, bad is the main reason why we cannot solve our problems. Currently, people do not even agree on what our problems truly are. In this matter, it's not about race or religion or nationality. It's about the inability to tell things that are apart from those that only appear to be you know, only appear to be real. In the end, most people do what they believe to be is right. The problem lies with the fact that what we believe to be is right is solely based on their perception of reality, not reality itself. Our inability to find a common ground as a species mainly arises from our inability to reach a common impression of reality. One should always try to keep in mind that in most cases, things are not like they appear to be, and like the German philosopher Hegel observed, the state of man's mind, or the elementary phase of mind which he so far possesses, conforms precisely to the state of the world as he so far views it. Let's read that again. The state of a man's mind, or the elementary phase of mind which he so far possesses, conforms precisely to the state of the world as he so far sees it. So you can change your perceptions if you want. If you don't want to change your perceptions, you're going to go on as you are. But you can get up one day and you can think, right, I'm actually, I've got the power within me. I'm the same as anyone else. I can go and do this one thing every day and it's going to, I'm going to get better at it and I'm going to change for the better. And I'm going to get really good at that one thing and then people are going to respect me because I've kept at it. And I've been doing that one thing forever. It could be flipping pancakes, for God's sakes. But if you stick at it, you're posting pictures of yourself flipping pancakes every day on the internet. People are going to start respecting you for it. Even if it's just because it's fucking funny that you're flipping pancakes every day. And that's your, that's your thing you're disciplined about. Like, just, just fucking go for the thing that you want to do. And that's where I'm going to leave this podcast. Do the thing that you want to do. All right? You silly bastard. Tune in next week. I might have a guest or I might not. It might just be another one of these. I'll see you later.